Welcome to the Restoration Church weekly podcast. Please take a minute to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to download the Church Center app. This is the best way to stay connected and up to date with all that's happening at Restoration Church. Most importantly, we hope the following message will help draw you closer to Christ. Thanks for listening. Over the last uh, several weeks, we've been talking about various questions that you have asked me uh, in a series called Asking for a Friend. Uh, It's been a great series, I think. I hope that I provided a few insights into some of these burning questions that you've had. Uh, To to reiterate again, about a third of the questions that I have gotten over the course of this series were on biblical sexuality, and that's why next week we're starting a series on biblical sexuality. So all month of July, we are going to be talking about you and me. Anybody know where that phrase comes from? Let's talk about you and me. Salt and Peppa song from the 90s. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Okay. So that's what we're talking about. So, you know, we have a lot of youth in our service. Parents, um, you can do what you will with the children. Um, We do not have a place for those kids to go, so uh, use your discretion. But I would say this. Um, our children are being educated on sex, whether it's from us or it's from the world, it is happening. We'll talk about that a little more next week. And so you can either entrust me to educate your kids on sex or you can entrust the world. So I will leave it at that. Last week, we kind of did this lightning round. We, there were, there were just a lot of questions that were, they they weren't random, but they didn't really have a place in the whole series itself. And so I said, Hey, we're going to do a lightning round. I'm going to spend like five minutes on each question and of course i ran out of time last week and so we have two questions left over of the series before we get into the business of the church and updating you on capital projects i want to address the last two questions of this series to uh to help you know calm you all who are like what is leviticus all about thanks friends this is a no, it's actually it's actually uh i actually really like leviticus is that, am i weird to say that okay so here's how Leviticus starts. When anyone among you brings an offering to the Lord, I just want to think about this phrase for a second. When anyone among you brings an offering to the Lord, this word offering is the Hebrew word Corbin, which means to draw near. So when anyone among you draws near to the Lord, now here's the thing. The gods at this time were understood to be distant and cantankerous, detached, demanding and moody, constantly, constantly needing to be appeased. Here's what Leviticus is so fascinating. The, the, this God is not like all the other gods. You can draw near to this God? I mean, that's a profound thing that the Israelites had no understanding about in any other culture that existed on the, on the planet this day. You can draw near to this God? This God wants to be with his people. Fundamentally, that is what Leviticus is all about. This God wants to be with his people. That is a mind-blowing idea to these Israelites coming out of slavery. This God is different, and therefore, this God had different expectations for his people. Now, the people, again, were coming out of slavery in Egypt. You guys remember the story of the Exodus, right? They went through the Red Sea, and they landed in this foreign land, which had innate... The the, the land of Egypt and all of the nations that they were entering had very, very little innate moral principles. Love for others was an odd idea. The prevailing philosophy in the ancient world, especially in Egypt, was this. Take what you can get. 
what you want, but be civil with your taking. That was a prevailing mentality of the Egyptians, right? Take what you can get, but be civil in your taking. The land that they were entering into, the Canaanites, the land of the Canaanites, the pervading mentality of them was take what, take what you can get and don't care. Don't even bat an eye about what it means to other people. Take what you can get. Take what you can get. Take what you can get. Do not care how it hurts or harms other people. If you see something you want, someone's cattle, someone's daughter, take it. If they don't like it, they'll retaliate. If you're stronger, you'll win. That was the befading moral mentality of the Canaanites. We, with our modern sensibilities, cannot fathom the ancient world and how horrible they were towards one another. And as these people, these Israelites, enter this completely unhuman land, God is challenging them to be human. Be human in an unhuman land. Be human in an unhuman land. His people living under his ways for life. Leviticus over and over declares this. Be holy. Be holy. Be different. Be set apart. Don't be like the people that you're entering into. You are human in a land that does not promote humanity. Be different. Knowing they would fail, however, Leviticus is about a gracious God making provisions for his people to live despite their sin. But they had been living without the law of the sacrificial system for hundreds of years. You know, why institute it now, you might ask? Well, it continues by addressing, the book of Leviticus continues by addressing five different sacrifices that people are to make, and they all include different types of food. You guys ever notice this? That all the sacrifices include different types of food. There's animals that are to be sacrificed. There are grain offerings. There's bread offerings. There's wine offerings. They're all different kinds of food. Here's the thing. The priests, the, the Levites, they weren't allotted any land. They didn't own any cattle or animals or land because their responsibility was the tabernacle. Their responsibility was to be mediators between God and the people. This new way of life that God was calling into, they were to be mediators and instructors of that new life. Because they couldn't provide for themselves, they were to be provided for by the people. So the priests weren't the mediators of God's law. That was a family responsibility. I want you to hear that. That's important. The, the priests were not the mediators of God's law. That was a family responsibility. They were the mediators of God's grace. Imagine every time you sinned, you had to take an animal. And this is to assure that the, that the Levites were very well fed. Okay? Every time you sinned, you had to take an animal. And you had, to, you had to place your hand upon that animal and confess your sins and look at it in the eyes, and then you were to take a, a, a knife out of a sheath and slit its throat and watch the blood pour out. And then you were to collect that blood, and you were to take it and to splash it across the altar, and all the, the, the ricochet of that blood would splash back on you. You would literally be covered in the blood of your sacrificial lamb. That is how sin was atoned for. And the Levites ate because of your sin. You understood in a profound way the price of grace, wouldn't you? If you Every time you sinned, think about every time you sinned, you had to go and sacrifice a lamb. Every time you sinned, you had to do this. You would, profound, you would, you would have a profound understanding of the price of grace, profound understanding of the price of redemption, and you would understand in a profound way the weight of your sin. You would know beyond, a de- beyond theory the cost and the penalty of sin. That's what Leviticus is about. It's about God drawing near to his people to be gracious towards them. Fundamentally, that is what it is about. So our last question then in this series, are there any sins then that cannot be forgiven? Only one, Jesus says. There is a sin that cannot be forgiven. Jesus tells us that the only unforgivable sin is rejecting the Holy Spirit. 
When you reject the Holy Spirit, you're rejecting conviction. You're basically saying, God, I don't have any sin. Yeah, I might feel convicted. Uh, there, there is no conviction in me. Like, I don't feel sin. I don't feel bad. I, I have no remorse for my sin. You're believing that sin is of no consequence. You're holding on to your selfish, your selfish pursuits, and God will let you keep living into your own selfish pursuits for all of eternity. God will let you do that. That's what the Bible calls hell. You want to hang on to your selfish pursuits? The conviction of the Holy Spirit, you want to deny that it exists? You want to deny that you're a sinner? God will let you keep living into that sin for all of eternity. That is what the Bible calls hell. And so, yes, there is one sin that cannot be forgiven, and that is essentially the recognition that you're not a sinner. The denial of the Holy Spirit and his work in your life. Denial of the conviction that you are a sinner that he brings us. The denial of the grace that God freely offers through the sacrifice of his one and only son. There are a lot more questions I'm sure you have, friends. So I welcome them. Continue to shoot me emails. If you have any questions as you're reading through Bible, as you're in conversations, as you're just thinking about the way the world works and how God works or any of it, I would just encourage you. Shoot me an email, ross at restorationchurchpa.org. I'd be happy to converse with you, and we can figure out life together. Amen? I'm going to invite my good friends Wayne and Kevin Ford. We are going to transition into a conversation about the business of the church. So welcome these two fine gentlemen with a hearty applause, please. Good morning. We are not Brian Hughes, um, as you can see. Together, I think we have the same amount of hair as Brian, though. Um, but <laughs> maybe not, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> we are here to present um, both a recap of the budget from the current year and then a proposal for next year's budget. So if we could go to the next slide. We have 12 minutes, so we're going to fly through this. Um, so what you see on the screen, and I'm going to keep turning because I don't think I can see that one back there. Um, the financial report from July 22 to June 23, which is our fiscal year, and tell me if, if you guys can hear me okay with this. Um, 460000 was our, our budget that we set up last year. Expenses came in under budget by 19000 at 441000 um, Our income, 443600 which was also under budget by about 16600 So all that said, if you are quick in math, you can see that we came in in the black about $2,500 income over expenses. So praise God, that is awesome. And, it, and you're going to see in these slides that it's going to tail off and you're going to think it's getting worse, but it actually is going to get really, really much better at the end. So if we go to the next slide, please. Okay, so if you've been here for at least a year, you have seen this slide. I guarantee it because Brian shares this slide um, every time we go over this. The blue, bar, the blue part of the bars is what we need from a general fund giving perspective. The red part is the tuition coming from Little Blessings. And then the famous green line is essentially what we need to meet budget each month. Um, so as you can see, and based on the numbers you saw on the previous slide, um, you know, we were coming in under budget most months. Next slide, please. So here's a comparison from 20, so the 21-22 fiscal year to 23 or 22-23. And as you can see, our giving was down by about 27,000. But 
and we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. Next slide will show essentially the, the giving comparison between the two years. As you can see, in most cases, the red being the previous year um, is up above the blue bar for most of the months. Next slide. And then let's talk about little blessings for a second. So 21-22, um, and Diana, you'll have to tell me, was that year, was the 95-9 the highest pri ever before that? Because I feel like that was, at least from what I remember. Right, so, so not only did we have a high year in 21-22, but that was blown out of the water this current year. So 118,400 um, in little blessings um, came in, which was up 22,000 from the previous year, largest tuition income ever. Awesome. And then next slide, please. This is just a comparison of uh, pre prior year to current year in the tuition. Uh, if we can go to the next slide. So to me, this is the most, well, I don't know about Kevin's slides. I, I'm not going to comment. For, of all the slides I'm going to talk about, this is the most important. So you saw the 27,000 that we were down compared to last year in giving. This slide, to me, explains all of the reasons why and then some. So total other giving, so aside from all the general fund giving, 146,600. Obviously, a huge portion of that was the Building Bridges Capital Campaign, but there's another 19,700 in the Fellowship Fund, Be Rich, uh, the Capital Fund, which is separate from the Capital Campaign, Staff Gift, and then other general donations to the bridge. So as you can see, if you go to the last slide, this is where we stand across the board in all of the accounts uh, that Restoration has. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I think we went backwards. Two, four. Yeah, that one. So prior year surplus, 136,000. Little Blessings has a surplus of 21,000. There's 21,000 in the Capital Fund. Be Rich and the Fellowship Fund, 4,000 each. We have a Missions Trip Fund, which I know Ross has talked about new plans, and maybe you'll get into that today a little bit, which is awesome. Um, and then the health insurance fund is related to the benefits package for the full-time employees. So as you can see, we are in a really good financial situation, even though some of the numbers may have looked down from prior years. Uh, so we have a lot to be thankful for. All right. Thank you, Wayne. Wayne, uh, you know, Brian always does such a good job in the financial update. We figured there needs to be at least two of us to try to compensate. So Absolutely. And I, I really like the, the red and blue coordination here. It, it kind of looks like the bar chart. So you were just, <laughs> I'm, I'm the shorter line, I guess. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, if you can go to the next slide. I'll try to be as exciting. I'm not sure if it will happen, but we'll see. Okay, so, you know, with the, uh, you know, Wayne was looking at the past in terms of what happened previous year. I'm looking forward to next uh, budget year. And as every year, we try to readjust, you know, based on actual numbers from the prior year. And so we've done that this year. We've made some adjustments in terms of um, the budget itself, um, lowering that uh, mostly, again, just based on adjustments. I'll get into a little bit more detail on that. In terms of giving, also, uh, we've adjusted that downward, although, as you'll see, it, it's still an increase in, in actual giving uh, compared to last year. And in terms of the tuition, uh, Yes, yeah, so awesome record-breaking uh, year again last year, uh, but uh, we're just adjusting that based on what's expected in, in terms of registration so far. 
Um, so not quite as high as last year, but still an amazing year. So that's also positive news. Move on to the next slide. Uh, in terms of staff salary, um, we've actually uh, given a 2% increase in salary this year. Uh, if, if you're a math person, you might look at those numbers, and that doesn't look exactly like 2%, but that's because we made some uh, reductions in some other expenses, like professional expenses and conference expenses, uh, to also compensate. And if you move on to the next slide. Uh, in terms of other budget categories, as you see, the numbers have decreased a little bit. Uh, again, just mostly adjusting based on actual expenses. Uh, we didn't need as much in terms of building maintenance, for example. Uh, one of the larger changes you'll see is with the ministry category. Uh, this is uh, some reductions we made. We had, a, uh, like a, for instance, a, a college uh, grant um, money set aside for that. Uh, we also had uh, money set aside for retreats, which are mainly self-funded anyway and also money for training and development that we reduced. So just looking for areas that we can, we can cut back a little bit uh, so that, it, that um, covers that category. Next slide. All right, so again, in, in summary, um, the budget itself was a, dec a decrease of just uh, about 4.25%. Uh, um, but, you know, and giving was also a decrease of 8%. Uh, but as I mentioned, relative to last year, it's actually an increase. You know, so we're really looking for a strong giving again this year. Um, and again, tuition is, is uh, also projected to be high this year. All right, and uh, next slide. Uh, the voting process is going to be the same this year as it was um, last year with Brian. I'll be sending the email, so I look for the email from Kevin at restorationchurchpa.org. And if you have any questions, you can see me afterwards or uh, with Wayne, and uh, or you can send me an email as well, and I'll help to hope to answer those questions. Uh, the partners will be receiving an email. Uh, later this afternoon uh, to cast their votes in approval or disapproval of the budget. All right, final slide. Again, I think we have to end on a thank you because, as you know, Wayne presented, just you know, amazing God's faithfulness, but God's faithfulness through through everybody here. So we really appreciate your trusting in God, your trusting in 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 um, what God's work is doing here at, at Restoration. And we just thank you so much for that, and look forward to the year ahead. Thanks so much. Okay, so a year ago, last weekend, um, well, really a year ago, kind of last May, we launched our first ever capital campaign, um, which was called Building Bridges. And you can see it says, Connecting Those Far From God to the Abundant Life of Christ. And we recognized that there were several projects that needed attention, but we also believed that um, these projects could help create a bridge for those that are far from God to come near to him here at Restoration. The reason we need bridges for our community is because our community is post-Christian. This doesn't mean that everyone is atheist. Um, it simply means that most people in our community, uh, they're not interested in finding answers to the biggest questions in life in the church. Um, being post-Christian doesn't mean the questions have stopped. Everyone is still searching for meaning um, in life. They still wonder why and how we got here. Obviously, you guys saw all the questions that people asked even over the last couple weeks, right? Um, there are a lot of questions out there, even for those of us who do believe. Um, so we know that people are still looking for a solution for what to do with the guilt that they feel. They still wonder what happens after death. They still mourn death and brokenness and sin. Um, for any number of reasons, they just don't want to find the answers to those questions in the local church. 
So our campaign was designed to help build bridges to our community. And in the process of doing so, we also realized that our building functions um, like a broken bridge of sorts. Some of you experienced the toilets breaking not too long ago. The pipes. It actually wasn't the toilets. It was the pipes. Um, and we do thank the guys who were dealing with that. I think, was that two weeks ago? It feels like, yeah. Okay. So we have this building, and there are parts of it that have felt uncomfortable, unapproachable, old, and worn out. So imagine approaching this bridge. Um, how much confidence does it create for you to come near it? There's no chance you could get me on that ever. I think Manders might try, though. Yep, he would. Um, so no chance that I would ever try to cross it. Um, but it's a bridge, and it func- functions as a bridge, but who's going to cross it, right? And that is what portions of our building and grounds were feeling like. That's kind of what we identified um, leading into the capital campaign. So beyond creating new bridges for our community, we had to be uh, sure that our bridges here that already existed were getting taken care of. So the first one of those is our back parking lot. Um, Ross has shared before that we've seen rocks kick, get kicked up by vehicles and lawnmowers. They've, those rocks have dented our siding. Um, if you remember Joel and Jan Wieringa, his back window of his car even got shattered by a rock and it pierced their dashboard. Um, so Ross says Goliath was killed by less. So... Um, There is flooding. Uh, Many of you have probably experienced the ponds that form in our back parking lot when it rains, and it becomes an ice rink in the winter. It's simply dangerous. Um, It's congested, and it's really congested right now because we only have one entrance and exit. Um, But that's going to be getting better once it's a through Okay, which Wayne will talk about. Um, but it's a mess for the 30-plus non-church families that call Little Blessings their home for preschool. And um, Ross overheard one mom explicitly asking if this church cares for its community when she's standing in four inches of water while getting her daughter out of the backseat of the car to bring her into preschool. Um, and we do care. We, we deeply care, in fact, which is why we're creating a parking lot. So Wayne is going to come up and tell us more about where we're at in that process. Okay, I'm back. He's back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think everybody, well, if you were here, uh, it was a couple of months ago when we gave the last update on the parking lot, the estimate that we had originally come up with based on, you know, actually somebody coming out and saying how much it would cost was significantly higher when we had the full plans written up. Um, however, it's come back down, thankfully, um, to the point where, and if you if you have questions about whether or not God is involved in this yes, uh, yes. this whole thing, you know the township has now come along, put in a new apron for us, mm-hmm. did some curbing where curbing was needed, so probably saved us somewhere between I don't know five and seven thousand dollars that yeah. we were not expecting to have. So so the timing of that happening in the neighborhood was thank di- you Lord divine yes, yes. divine yes. that's right um, so. Yeah, as Emily mentioned, this is the you know the, essentially the schematic of what we're looking at. One-way entrance coming from the Pinewood side. Pinewood side, that's right, right? Um, yep. Going out um, into the other section. So essentially a one-way in, one-way out with parking spots along the side. So I think the next slide gives a little more detail as to what you will see. 16 parking spots. Yeah, one-way entrance from Pinewood. I should have just flipped the slide. Um, and then a drive-through exit onto Lakeside. Um, and I think there might be one more slide. Ah, okay. okay. Yes. There's just a, yeah. 
that was supposed to be climactic, and I, I clearly <laughs> I, I didn't do that well. Um, but yes, the good news is, when is it starting? So we, our contractor was willing to work with us. We were going to wait until after the week of VBS. Important. Um, that yes. matters. Yes. Um, and, and so we will. Yeah. We before will, little blessings and, gets right, up so and running. Yes. Again, you know, thinking about the best possible time that the work could be done would be after VBS and before school mm-hmm. starts in the fall. Yeah. And that's exactly what we have lined up. So God is good. Yes, that's great. Thank you, Wayne. Okay, so there are some other existing bridges that are worn out and old and don't create environments that we're hoping to create, specifically for the next generation. Ross, you want to come up? One area we want to invest more in is our youth space, and that also functions for many other groups that meet throughout the week. So to update us on that. Yeah, so we we are going to be renovating much of downstairs to make it more uh, comfortable and, again, approachable for all the groups who meet there. What you see here is, you know how we have, like, we have these woods all along, we have Bridges and the bridges, like everywhere. There's like there's woods everywhere in this building, right? Um, This is going to be wall graphics that cover basically all of the lower commons. We want to create an environment where hope is known. And so what you see here is hope stands out with supporting scripture. By the way, this is kind of hard to understand what you're looking at because um, there's a lot of windows and doors and things. But this is the entire length of downstairs essentially will be covered in this. Um, we're going to have the Treehouse Core Truths, the truths that I am lovable, capable, and worthwhile. I am loved without strings and never alone. That should be alone, not alone. <laughs> I have a future. All of these are on prominent display. Um, and then there's this thing called the Treehouse Knot, which is kind of a uh, symbolic. Um, it's, it's how our minds and our lives are very congested and knotted up and how through the process of coming to Christ, finding hope in Christ, Hope in a community of people who love you unconditionally that not slowly becomes untangled and you find freedom. And so that's all described on that wall as well. And so as you walk downstairs in Lower Commons, it's going to be just this environment where hope is exuded and known. I think it's going to be a really, really great environment. Beyond that, there are a number of things that we're going to be pouring some money into to, to renovate that space. We're going to be doing LED panel lights in both Fellowship Hall and uh, the Commons. A new interactive projector and AV system in the Fellowship Hall. Built-in cabinetry in the lower commons, new furniture and layout in the lower commons as well, fresh paint throughout. And then there's going to be some kitchen upgrades. Um, the reality, what, what Wayne and talked about, the parking lot, yeah, the parking lot from our original, um, when we st- first put out this campaign, when we first proposed the campaign to all of you, we thought the parking lot was going to be way less than it actually is. And so we had other monies freed up to do more with in the kitchen than we had than we initially ended up with. And so we are going to do some kitchen upgrades, new um, freezers, new um, refrigerators, a commercial ice machine, um, some storage upgrades, things like are that. Are we going to be able kitchen. to get rid of that smell? You know the smell. The smell. Yeah, we're going to be working on that. That's okay. that's a that's a pump issue. Um, that's something all the ladies care about. <clears throat> I, I, I mean, you guys might too, but. Yes, we'll <laughs> work smell. on that. Yes, okay. that's a You're that shaking. is something. Yeah, it's not a constant smell. It's a we're going off the rails here. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so a lot a lot of great things happening to make the youth more uh, not not just again the youth anybody who used that space downstairs, downstairs. Um, more inviting and again to really just have the idea of hope kind of exude and um, foundationalize everything that happens down there. So cool. there you go. When is the wrap going on, Andy? No. The wrap will go on probably after, after BBS, BBS at this point. Okay. Yep. Cool. It's good. New parking lot, new wrap, all of it. Wow. It's going to be good times. It's going to be a new place around here in the fall. Ten years of restoration, some upgrades happening. Yeah. 
All right, so once we've updated and fixed some of the bridges around our campus, it's also been our goal to build a bridge that would allow those far from God to come near to him through joint purpose and genuine community. And we know our community is hesitant to come into a building like this, like a church building, but we know they'll spend all day in a coffee shop. Um, which is something that Levittown doesn't have. So we're building a coffee shop, in case you don't know, called The Bridge that will host our community. We pray it develops relationships with our community. That will be a central place for people to hang out with, for families, high school students, friends, a place to work from, a place to connect with others, a place to find community, and ultimately, with time, a place to find God. And our goal is to build trust with our community through this space and in time to offer the hope we have in Christ as relationships are formed. Um, transformative, even evangelistic work is often a long process of developing relationships, uh, not beating people over the head with their guilt and the Bible solutions. And to update us on this, Tim is going to come up and give us the latest. Yeah. Hello, everyone. So I'm going to give you a quick update, which is 28 slides in three minutes or less. All right, here we go. Um, so if you want to reach people no one is reaching, you have to do something no one is doing. So, you know, we know people don't want to come here to church, uh, so we need to engage with people differently. Uh, so to that end, uh, to see those far from God come near to him through joint purpose and genuine community. That's kind of the vision of the bridge. Uh, and the mission is the bridge exists to connect people to purpose, to others, and to God with a mug of top-quality, delicious uh, drink in hand. So... Um, a community is a fundamental union need, yet hard to find in our society. This is uh, things that we talked about in the town meeting about two years ago. Uh, so this has been a process over several years that people have been meeting and kind of dreaming and putting this all together. Um, the church's role, you know, the, the coffee shop, you know, is a perfect venue, as, as Emily has mentioned, uh, for us to build community with these people. Um, why a coffee shop, you know, also mentioned, uh, it's a place where people like to gather, um, what if we provide that environment for our area where they feel welcome, where they feel seen, where they feel remembered, known, where they can connect with others? Marketability, um, talked about that, why it's a good thing to do. Um, reasons people frequent, it's calm, relaxed, social atmosphere. It's a place where people uh, can have that flexible work location, quality coffee again, this is really what we like, you know. Um, Wawa, Dunkin' Donuts, you're in and out. You can't experience that. Um, there's a lot of coffee shops, but really in Levittown, we don't have one. We have Calm Waters in Bristol. It's also in Newtown. Johnson Hall in Unionville, Potheads in Ben Salem, and Pretty Bird in Yardley. But if you look in, in Levittown, there's really not that independent coffee shop where someone can go and, and have that um, interaction in that community. So, again, this is what it looks like. Um, our church is on the, in the red circle, uh, where um, the bridge will be is in the blue circle. Uh, it's right near Five Points, so if you're familiar with Five Points in Levittown, um, just down the road from there. Uh, so if we just kind of zoom in. So this is an old 7-Eleven right next to Bailey's Plaza. And this is what it looked like a few years ago. And that's your old, like, you know, typical 7-Eleven with the freezer case over in the corner. You know, uh, it's everything's been moved out of it. It's bare, you know, ready to be built up. Um, outside is a really nice open uh, grassed area that we uh, hope to use. And then, so, 
from all of that came plants. And, and this is what our design looks like. You know, this is what we kind of came up with as, a, as our design. Um, you know, conference room on the top right, uh, seating along the window on the bottom, uh, the counter where you order your coffee, right uh, somewhere in the middle top towards the top left, and lots of seating throughout. Um, that door off to the left, uh, to the right, is an area to go out to that, that grassy area, and we hope to have a, like a patio out there eventually, but uh, opportunity for people to go outside and, and sit and, and, and have fun, uh, relax together. So this is what it looks like now. So we've been under construction for the past uh, several weeks. So the, the beginnings of a countertop you see there, uh, off in the background, you see where the, the, the uh, conference room has been framed out. Uh, here are the, the, the plumbing is in, you know, rough plumbing is in for the two bathrooms that will be on one side. Um, you know, this is the open space where we'll have tables and different things. Um, better look at the conference room. We can kind of use this as a split space for, um, you know, when it's not being used as a conference room, we hope to have tables that we can split apart for people to still sit in, maybe get away from, from some of the, the chatter of the coffee shop. Um, but um, just, just an exciting thing to see things happening finally. It's been a long process. Um, but we're excited to to have this develop into a working coffee shop in the coming months. So um, there's a lot of technology. That's my realm that uh, is hopefully going in in the next couple of weeks as we put up drywall and all those types of things. So it's going to continue to take take shape, and we're really excited to to finally have that community place where people can come, where we can interact with them, where they can have community, where they can be seen and be known. So, so awesome. we're excited. Very cool. Thanks, Tim. Awesome. It's fun to have you guys experience what some of the OGs of restoration experience starting this place. Now you're getting to see how long it takes for something to happen, um, but also how faithful stewardship and, and I mean that of like not just our money, but there's a lot of people who have invested a lot of time um, and keeping this dream moving forward. So it's fun to have all of our restoration family involved in this. So keep praying. Um, the campaign was also designed around Acts 1-7, going back to building bridges, when Jesus tells his disciples to be his witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jerusalem we've talked about um, Beyond these projects that will help restoration in our community, we've talked about those. We're talking about to the ends of the earth now and Samaria. Um, so with we decided to give 10% of the total of our campaign. Um, that's tithing, right? To regional projects, that's Samaria, and then to global partnerships. So for the region, we're helping church plants throughout um, Converge Mid-Atlantic become funded through our movement's church planting fund. We are one of the churches that has been started through Converge Mid-Atlantic, and we're um, giving money to, hope, to help others that are starting. Um, and I actually work with that in my other job. That's one of the things that I get to do is help church planters go through assessment and um, get ready to plant churches. So I have a little inside scoop to tell you that that is happening. And we're on track to plant 30 churches in five years right now. So we're about two and a half through that, and we plant, we're on track to do 20 in the first two and a half years, which is awesome. And we need more of them. So keep praying for church planters. Um, what we need are more people who are willing to plant churches. So be praying for those people and the resources then to help them get started. Um, because if we hadn't 
been able to do that here, think of other communities that need a church like Restoration that don't have one yet. Um, so in addition, it was our hope to continue our partnership with Compassion International and give some of the funds that we're tithing to that um, to churches in Cochabamba, Bolivia. But unfortunately, that partnership hasn't and it won't be continued in the same way it was prior to the pandemic, mostly because of changes with Compassion. Um, but we encourage you to keep supporting your kids, keep writing your kids for those of you who have those Bolivia um, children in your families. We have four, right? So we were just talking about how we need to write them yesterday. We didn't do it yet, so we got to do it. Um, but we are excited to announce a new global partnership. We are helping to support the 15-5 initiative in Poland. Again, this is through Converge International Ministries. Specifically, we are helping the Martinez family, um, and they just left to be missionaries in Chechen, Poland. Um, you want to say that? Chechen right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Chechen is, huh? I don't know what that says. Two, 10%. What do you mean? Oh, okay. So Chechen is two tenths of a percent Christ followers. That's very tiny. <laughs> 0.02%, right. It's on the border of Germany and Poland, and it has actually switched national affiliation many times in its history. It's got um, an interesting World War II history there. Um, it's very near Auschwitz. Am I correct about that? I think that there's, there's a large concentration camp that it's very close to. Um, one of the things that we love about this partnership is Ross and I got to meet Lemuel, and um, their heartbeat for their community in Poland was so very much like ours. It makes me, woo. Um, they, are, they are very post-Christian, um, but they are also starting a coffee shop, guys. So <laughs> when I heard him, I'm like, oh, it's like my husband. Okay, all right, okay. Um, so here's a video to introduce you to Lemuel and Brittany Martinez and their family and our partnership in Poland. So take a look. You might not have audio. That'll be interesting. <laughs> we'll give it. A, if not, we'll put it on our. Uh, we'll share it somehow. No. No go. Okay. They're super cool. So, bummer. We'll have to show it another service. Yeah, we'll do it another time when we can get that figured out, and we'll try to email it. Maybe in the Mailchimp this week. Okay, so um, our hope is this fall that we'll send a vision team to Poland to understand the work that is being done in Chechen in greater detail, and then the goal would be to send a restoration delegate next summer um, to work alongside the Martinez and the 15-5 team and encourage them in their mission. So as you can imagine, um, all of this takes significant amount of planning and money, and uh, I would just like to thank all of the various teams that have been working tirelessly to see these projects come to fruition. Um, so let's give a shout out to everybody. Thank you all for all the different all the different things you've been doing. Um, our final update. We're gonna have them out of here early because you're not talking. <laughs> <laughs> we still have some songs to sing, that's right. But we asked the Restoration community and Friends of Restoration to prayerfully consider giving $400,000 to these projects 
Um, and a year ago, last Sunday, was our Pledge Sunday. 63 families pledged over three years to give $406,841. Okay, so that's the big number, which is 102% pledged. Above and beyond, this is above and beyond normal tithing, okay? Um, and simply incredible, one year into the campaign, we have received... $234,271, which is 59% already. So that's amazing. 58. So the work God is calling us to isn't done. And maybe this is the first time you're hearing about building bridges and you want to get on board. You can do that. Um, this is a charge for us to finish the work. And because uh, if we get more funds than what we need for these projects, that means that there is more that God would have us to do, or he knows that things are going to cost more than what we tried to envision, right? So continue giving faithfully. We thank you for that. Um, yeah, anything else? I'll let you take it.